listening to the Simply 127 podcast, an entire podcast devoted to all things James 127. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Fintress, and I'm so excited that you've decided to join us today. Hey guys, this is Sarah Beth with the Simply 127 podcast. This is actually our first episode. I'm really excited to have my friend Laura Steele with me today. How are you doing, Laura? I'm good. I'm good. Good. So for the first podcast, Laura is interviewing me so I can tell you a little bit about 127 Worldwide, why we've started this podcast, and why we're passionate about teaching people and taking time to encourage people to tangibly live out James 127. We're excited to have Laura with us today, and we hope today's episode encourages you to come back and listen to all that we have in store with the Simply 127 podcast. Okay, well, let's start. Um, let's start with the podcast. So tell us um, why you decided to do a podcast. Yeah, so the name of the podcast is Simply 127. And actually, little known fact, that was the original name for the ministry, 127 Worldwide. And so we wanted to find a place where people could just tell stories of how people are tangibly living out James 127, like simply in their everyday lives, how are you living out taking care of orphans and widows in their distress? And so that really was kind of the core of it. We uh, The ministry is eight years old now. We have about 300 alumni who have been on trips with us. Wow. They've met partners and We've been so busy, we haven't really done a great job of keeping in touch with them, keeping them updated, other than, you know, social media, things like that. And so we were like, what's a great way if people want to tune in and catch up, or maybe they're on a road trip and want to just hear what's going on, just want to pick a topic to learn more about with orphan care. And so we started just thinking of ideas. I'm a podcast junkie. I love listening (laughs) to podcasts. I'm like, let's just give it a try and see what happens. So maybe like all three people that are listening right now are (laughs) glad (laughs) that we started a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. Okay. Well, let's start at the beginning of 127. What made you decide to start a nonprofit? It's a pretty big decision. (laughs) So many people tried to talk me out of it too. So (laughs) Uh, and I actually would would give the same advice. If there's any way you can do what you feel like God's calling you to do without starting something new, I highly encourage people to do that. For me, there were a couple of special situations that I knew God was asking me to. Um, the main one was work with local leaders in countries who um, already have their own ministries, already hadn't their own plan. So um, my personality fits really well with that because I'm not going to come in and be a dictator and you know, try to control things. I want to be a cheerleader, inspire people, bring my friends along and um, tell them how they can make a difference in these people's lives. And so I would say that's kind of a distinct characteristic that I couldn't find a lot of orphan care ministries who were completely depending on the locals to take care of orphans and widows and vulnerable people in their communities. And so I met Rose first. She runs an orphanage in a school in Western Kenya, a more rural area. And she had just found the internet. She emailed, I was working for a sports ministry and she wanted soccer balls and pumps and needles because she was starting a school and she didn't have any way for them to have like physical education. And we tease now that like she, God really exceeded her expectations when she emailed you know, asking for soccer balls and pumps and needles because 12 years later, just, I mean, she's like family to me and just love hearing what God's doing through her. She has a school, a children's home, um, a trade school, and she really, um, the 
project is called Tumaini, and that's the Swahili word for hope. And she really is a beacon of hope in that community and has just made a difference for hundreds of kids in the last 12 years. So that's kind of how we got started. Okay, so you met Rose. Hmm? And then how did this ministry actually get off the ground? (laughs) So I knew I wanted to work with local leaders. Um, Just began, I had been in ministry for 10 years previously and just began sharing. I feel like God's stirring this in my heart. I wanted there to be an element of like taking Americans over to see, um, not so much like this gawking at the poverty kind of mission trips that we hear about, but more go see what Rose is doing the other 51 weeks out of the year. Um, She just needs a boost. She needs somebody with a megaphone to just tell stories of what God's already doing there. And God blessed me with a network of people who are passionate and compassionate about the cause. And it really just started grassroots, like, hey, let's take some people. Um, When people come back from the trips, we want to give them the tools they need to educate and advocate in their own circle of influence, Um, churches, schools, like who do you know who might be interested in what Rose is doing? And so it started out with just um, Rose was in Kenya and Jeffrey was in Uganda and quickly met another partner in Kenya too. And um, his name is Peter. And honestly, like it's just been organically growing on its own since then. So people come back, they tell their friends and family, and then we want to raise support, awareness, awareness. skill sets, which some people don't think about, like, how can someone who's passionate about fish farming do orphan care? We have a way to do that. And so we're kind of I tell people we want to be like eHarmony for orphan care. So we want to match people who want to help, but maybe not they don't know how or what to do or who to trust. We're like, hey, we we know these people. We've been in their homes. We know their families. We trust the work that God's doing through them. You can trust what's happening here and invest your life into these local leaders. So it's kind of a unique model. That is unique. I love it. Prior to to starting the ministry, do you feel like there the Lord had equipped you or prepared you in a specific way? Or do you feel like, how are you unique to run this ministry? I do. Um, I feel like my personality is, like I said, not really a dictator kind of personality. I'm kind of a laid back like, yeah, let's try this and see what happens. And if it is a total flop, it's not that big of a deal. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. So I think even from elementary school, I remember kind of like in Girl Scouts, I won the laid back award, (laughs) like in the third grade. So I think like things like that, just about my personality. Um, But then I do think like, when I think about, you know, just ways that God has written my story, even ways that I wouldn't have chosen. Um, I'm never married. And I always thought, you know, that would be a huge part of my life. Like I would be a great wife and a great mom. And I was just, you know, growing up in uh, the culture that I grew up in, I just assumed I'm from Kentucky. So if you're 21 and not married yet, something's wrong with you. (laughs) And so I think that was just kind of a journey of this might not be like, you know, Jesus never got married. Paul never got married. Like, Um, being okay with this prolonged singleness, but I didn't really view that in a way of like, maybe God was just giving me a heart for the widow who I'm not comparing my life to a widow's, but she's the head of her household. She's responsible for taking care of things that, you know, she's the only one, the buck stops with her. Mm -hmm. And the same thing um, with orphan care. I think, um, again, I'm not saying that I'm an orphan. I grew up basically in the Cleaver household. (laughs) But my mom passed away when I was in my early 30s. And just that um, 
being able to relate to that grief and that mm-hmm. loss allows me to minister to an orphan in a way that I couldn't mm-hmm. when my mom was still living. And so I think God does the same thing for all of us. He prepares us to um, be able to live out the call that he has on our lives in a very unique way. And I think being able to appreciate those things, even though I don't like them, they're not the way that I would have chosen. Um, But it's part of that, just living with an open hand of God, I say yes to you, whatever you have for me, and just trusting that his way is best and that he knows what's best. And it hasn't always been easy, but I do feel like he's prepared me to lead this organization well. Yeah, that's beautiful. Now that we've introduced you to our ministry, I'd love to share with you some details about the work that we do to care for orphans and widows around the globe and how God can use your involvement to forever change the trajectory of your life as well. So tell me, um, you know, there are things that you see in this ministry as you travel around that some of us have... We only see, you know, we only read about maybe or see on TV. We've never experienced um, the kind of tragedy and really the loss that you see sometimes when you travel um, to these different areas where there are lots of hungry children and children not even clothed and and orphans and um, sickness and disease and death. So you experience this and live this. How do you kind of reconcile that um, in your daily life? That's a good question, and it's a loaded question. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I don't always do it well, just to be honest. One thing, another thing I've learned through 127 is just to be honest and transparent with where maybe your weak spots are. And so something else that God is growing inside of me is just this um, desire to advocate for people to take sabbatical, to rest, to process, to take the time to process things that you're seeing and things that you're experiencing Um a couple of episodes down, we're going to talk to a friend of mine who studies um, compassion fatigue. And it's this idea that after you see so many hard things, you're, you just get used to it and you expect bad things to happen because when you're helping kids in Africa, kids are going to get sick, kids are going to pass away. And that was a really hard um, concept for me. I want to try to fix everything and help everybody. And about a year and a half ago, I just reached a point of this isn't fun anymore. Like I'm not the joy of ministry had gone because I wasn't taking time to rest and process. And um, we live in a fallen world. And it's these things that you know and that you hear the Sunday school answers. But really, you know, seeing kids pass away, that's a a reality that I've seen. And um, I didn't really have a category for that from, Mm -hmm. like I said, growing up in the, the cushion situation that I live in. And if anything, it's given me a passion for most Americans. It's very easy to be apathetic about the orphan crisis, living yeah. in our comforts. Mm-hmm. And i that's not okay. Like, I want people to have balance and obviously not hit a wall of um, burnout or, you know, depression or anything like that. Like, definitely there's a balance of reconciling that. But also, we don't have permission just to ignore it either. And so I find what I really love to do is help people along the journey, just like take a few steps and see, you know, what God might be calling you to do because he's calling everyone to get involved. And so it's kind of a roundabout um, answer to the question of um, how I've handled it. Some, Like I said, sometimes not so well uh, in general, um, trusting the local people that are there, they're making the best decisions they know how with the resources that they have and then trusting in the sovereignty of God that 
I don't have to figure it out. I don't have to be in control. I have to be obedient to what he's called me to do. And some days that's easier than others. So that's the honest answer. So good. Thank you. That's so good. So let's say I am listening to the podcast and I haven't previously been involved with orphan care and I want to get involved. What are some practical things you could you would share with me or tell me to to, to do some first steps? Yeah, um, another great question. So I tried to kind of line up the guests who are coming in the in the coming weeks that uh, there are so many different avenues and different areas that you can take. So I want people to be educated, to know you don't have to adopt a kid from a remote village in Africa to do orphan care. Like there are ways that you can get involved either by helping your church community, raising awareness, advocating, um, you know, want to have resources on a website where people who are just interested. I would say a great place to start is just reading and coming up with a theology. We call it the theology of orphan care. Like why did God talk about orphans and widows and vulnerable people all throughout scripture? What did he say? How does that affect how we're living in today's world? And um, so I think just reading and studying, talking with friends, um, you know, we have some books that we could recommend to people who are just getting interested. Um, But the thing is, God does have something he wants you to do in the realm. And so it's kind of up to us to keep walking obediently until he shows us what that is. I love that. I love that there are you don't have to adopt a child to be to be a part of the solution. Mm-hmm. That's so great. Okay, so good. I'll, I'll just speak on that a little bit more as a single person. I've actually uh, attempted to adopt internationally from Uganda, and I've attempted to do foster care, even respite care. And for the craziest reasons, what whenever I've done that, God has clearly shut the door. And it's been frustrating for me because I'm like, like I said, I really feel like I'd be a good mom, and I would love that um, to be part of my story one day. But for now... Uh, I think a couple of years ago, I just kind of realized that I can help more kids now if I don't have kids under my roof as a single mom. I'm not, and there's nothing wrong with that. I have lots of single friends that have adopted. But for me, in my phase of life right now, my role to play is to help other people who maybe kids are in their home or um, even locally, but also even internationally. I go to Kenya and I have hundreds of kids that I've met over the decade of people who, um, not that they wouldn't have been helped without me, but I've been able to play a part just through being obedient to what God called me to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so good. So you talked a little bit about rest. And so while you were working in a nonprofit, and, and it's probably similar for people in ministry, what are some ways that, that a person can do that? And why is it so important for them to make sure they have yeah. that? That's a good question. You're, um, I'm entering onto my soapbox now because this is something that I'm very passionate about. So I think something that we get wrong in the Christian community is offering a sabbatical as a last resort. After someone has had a moral failure or they hit the wall, they hate their job, they're depressed, fill in the blank, their marriage is in shambles, whatever it is. We're like, oh, we'll go take a sabbatical. But we haven't trained them how to properly rest to um, some kind of guided, you know, not that it has to be like a step by step process or anything like that. But it's like it's the last resort. Just go take a break and come back and be healed. And I think that's not how Jesus did it. Mm -hmm. Like he through them in the midst of his ministry, he went away. He got away from the crowds. He spent time with the Father. He brought his friends in to pray with him and for him. And um, I think that's something we just don't do well, especially in evangelicalism today. 
And so that's something that for me, hitting the wall about 18 months ago, um, became passionate about ministry leaders need to rest as they go so that they do still have the joy of ministry. They do still have that um, time with the Lord to kind of affirm the calling that God has given them. And that sabbatical is not something that we put a Band-Aid on after something drastic happens. Like, let's work preventatively and allow people to just be healthy in ministry and enjoy what God has called them to do, knowing there are hard seasons. But um, in general, a a sabbatical should be as you go, not the end of the rope. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. Okay, so you've got one, you've got Simply 127 podcast, Mm -hmm. and then you've got 127 Worldwide. What's the difference between those two? (laughs) Okay, so... um, I would say they're affiliated, but they're not the same. 127 Worldwide is the nonprofit ministry. We're eight years old, and we connect and equip the global body of Christ to restore hope to orphans, widows, and vulnerable communities. Um, We wanted Simply 127 to be a place where just the everyday Christian could come and learn, have a resource about foster care, adoption, hear inspiring stories of people who are tangibly living out James 127. Um, We will have some educational points about um, there are some differing opinions about short term missions when you're dealing with orphan care, about orphan prevention versus orphan care, Um, some different just kind of nerdy uh, topics that we'll definitely address, too. And then also these ideas of compassion fatigue and self-care as you're taking care of orphans and widows, as you're living obediently to what God's called you to do, um, you know, what are some steps that you can take so that. The podcast is kind of a catch-all. Um, the for a, a lot of different purposes, we do want to raise awareness for the ministry and what God's doing through 127 Worldwide. But um, I don't know what God's going to do with the podcast. This is another way where I'm just taking some steps of obedience, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, I love the way you trust the Lord, Sarah Beth. It's been fun visiting with you. Yeah, thanks so Hope much. this has been informative. I can't wait to switch back because I'd much rather be the one asking the questions. <laughs> Thank you so much for helping me introduce our new podcast today, Laura. Thank you. Check out our show notes at 127worldwide.org forward slash simply 127 podcast. And tune in next time to learn how others tangibly live out James 127 every day. 